Um, welcome back to the 98 Studios podcast. Today we've got James Shores. Uh, I don't Hi. really know you, but I've just kind of met you in the last little bit. So it's nice to meet you. Yeah, good to be here. Um, I'd love to get kind of like a background on yourself and just kind of like where you started, um, where you're at. Um, if you wouldn't mind kind of giving sure. the audience a little background, sure. that'd be great. Um, you know, it was probably a, a fairly crisp night in May, 1981. <laughs> nice. I was, bo- no, we'll skip <laughs> all ahead. the way to the start. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I wasn't sure, you know, you can cut out what you need. Um, so I went to school here at, uh, I'm sitting here, we're in Utah, BYU uh, in Provo. My emphasis was in film. I was part of their media arts program. And it's funny because ever since like, I mean, young, mm-hmm. um, I knew I wanted to do something that was arts slash creative related. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I literally remember when I was a kid and uh, Gremlins was uh, out. Yes. You guys are like, I think I saw that. Um, <laughs> I'm not that young. I, yes. want, <laughs> I wanted to be the guy that, uh, like Alan Baker. I mean, he was the guy that yeah. like, made these creatures. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Part of it, I think, is because I really wanted Gizmo to be real because yes. I wanted that <laughs> thing, uh-huh. even if it meant it might, you know, destroy a town. Yes, worth it. Um, but e- even going along, like as a kid, I was always writing stories in a notebook, mm-hmm. um, and then I got really into art, loved drawing a whole lot. Um, I don't do that as much as I yeah. should sometimes. Yeah, just, I feel like that's kind of the way it goes. But yeah, yeah, as a kid, you're always like so into yeah, everything. But. And, and so. Uh, that's kind of why I think all these these things that I enjoyed kind of converged, but yeah. it took me a long time to figure out like, oh, wait a minute, this all kind of meets up at, the, at that crossroads of, of like film, television, um, writing. Yeah. And so that's that's what kind of kicked it off is, is once I realized, you know, at about 21, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm slow, uh-huh. <laughs> slow to get started, that that was what I wanted to pursue. Yeah. And what did you go to BYU for? You went for film or what was, like, what was your um, degree in? Gosh, I'd, I'd have to even like look at that piece of paper. <laughs> I, remember. I mean, I barely, barely, barely graduated as it was. Um, yeah, same. It was media, film and media arts. Okay. Um, cool. And I don't, I don't even think it says anywhere, but they kind of had a track that you could emphasize something within that degree. And mine, oh, okay. mine was screenwriting. Okay. Initially, that was not anywhere on my radar. Yeah. Um, but once I took my first screenwriting class and just realized, again, how much I enjoyed all these pieces of creativity, trying to understand people, what they would do or not do. Yeah. And just understanding the visual, and even even the language of screenwriting. I mean, it's... Very few people will ever read a script. It's a very, like, um, I've not nuanced, but I mean, it is. It's a nuanced skill. Like, yeah. screenwriting is hard, and for people that are good at it, it's a very cool skill to have. Very yeah. marketable. I, I, uh, well, it's funny because you could work on, I've, I've had this experience in the past, like, you work on something and work on something, and, and at times, like, you're getting notes and making notes. Yeah. And then one time I was working on something where I thought it got to a place, I was like, this, this is, this is the thing of beauty right here. Yeah. Like this is amazing. You know, uh-huh. you can almost hear people clapping. For yeah. You. <laughs> uh, and on the same project was also another um, screenwriter, mm-hmm. but his credits are like storied where it's like, Oh my gosh, like this guy's also writing his version. Okay. And it came in, it was a couple of days later after mine. Yeah. And I had the chance to read it and I went, 
I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> this is I'm done. I'm miles like, I ahead. Even, I can't even be mad. I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah. was, oh, that was hard, but you just, yeah, keep going. kind of, kind of find your way. Yep. Um, in college, did you, I, I feel like film school is such a like heavily debated topic. Do you feel like it helped you a lot? Do you feel like it was worth it? I mean, that's Boy, a big that's, question. That's, but, you know, hindsight being like, well, of course I made the right choice. Yeah. 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 Um, it's interesting because at the time, and who knows what's changed now, there's so much, I think, emphasis on understanding theory. Yeah, totally. Um, and while I, I learned a lot from that, and there's a lot of things that kind of opened and broadened my horizons um, and how I view and ingest film and just media in general. Yeah. Um, man, I, th- I feel like there's also this weird kind of angle of almost almost a little bit like, Oh, but you don't want to make movies, do yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want okay. to just absorb the knowledge and, yeah. you know, kind of sit in the revelations of understanding totally what it all means. Yeah, <laughs> philosopher kind of. Uh, yeah. yeah, and so like, I, I honestly, I, I can't speak to this with you know great authority at all because mm-hmm. I went to college. But like, if someone now were to come up to me and say. I really want to be a screenwriter and be like, you should probably read a whole lot of scripts yeah. because there's more available now online than there ever was. Yeah. Um, when I was first going through school. Yeah. When did you go to school? It was, uh, oh, I got to remember this too. I graduated 2011. Okay. Uh, there was, there was a break in there about a year because my wife had some health issues. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I'm like, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, the scene has definitely changed, and I think that's probably why film school is so heavily debated now. Oh, but, for sure. But um, I still feel like it's a good. I didn't go to film school, but I I do. There's times where I'm like, man, I I bet I would have learned that in film school. But there are kind of open uh, sources out there. Um, out of film school, what did you kind of like? Did you get right into BYU Studios or was it? So, well, let me, I just, I'm going to say one last thing, actually, yeah, of course. if you don't mind, to of the, you know, this, this discussion about film school, no film school. Um, I th- think a big part of it too is you have to know or have a sense of like, what is it that I'm hoping to accomplish? Yeah, of course. Like if you're like, you know what, I'm going to be a big Hollywood producer, director, whatever, it's like, mm-hmm. then you probably just need to go to Hollywood. Yeah, and PA. You, you need. Years. Yeah, you, you got to be where it's happening. Like yeah. I, I did yeah, not do that's that. A great point. Um, but I think that's important. But also, I think the formats have changed so much. Like no one ever, you know, first starting out at, at uh, BYU. If you told someone, you know what, I'm going to make content just for YouTube. They'd yeah, be like, that little weird platform. Yeah, cat what's videos? YouTube? Yeah. Like they would think you're crazy. Totally. But if you had been able to figure out all the way back then, like what was possible and audiences, yeah. like you, you'd be on top. Yeah. So it's, I, there's so many ways now to tell a story, to gain an audience, to figure out. I yeah. mean, I literally, I, love that. Yeah. I, I watch videos of guys making wood tables just cause I like to figure out like, how do you do that? Yeah. That's cool. And uh-huh. they, they, <laughs> And they're kind of entertaining to watch. Yeah. Like they're not going to be making a movie anytime yeah, I, soon. I do feel like the like the mass like social platforms have made everyone into a storyteller. Yeah, which is awesome because everyone does have like a story to tell. So, yeah, I love that. That's that's totally totally true. Um, at BYU Studios, did you start there right away? Out of out of sorry, out of college. So the way that all transpired was there was a. 
we'll call it a 500 level um, kind of seniors only class that oh, was cool. happening at BYU. And it was to pitch an idea to BYU TV and like their, you know, executive team, as it were, director. Yeah. I can't remember the other position. And it was essentially to create like a 20 minute short, just a, a quick little film. Okay. And so we, we worked on this thing um, all semester long and we were, we were pitching each other in class, but we were also through our, our teacher, like um, discussing, you know, what's worth talking about. And also, mm-hmm. I mean, in some ways, how do you pitch a studio or how do you pitch an executive where they have, you know, a, a possible scope of what they want done? What are their limitations? Cause one of the common complaints that would happen as we were initially pitching to BYU TV um, yeah. executives is like, well, you can't do that and you can't do that. And <laughs> it's like, it's so limiting. It's like, that's anywhere you go. Yeah. They're going to have a budget constraint. They're going to have a creative constraint. They're going to have totally. some things like, no, you totally can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of an issue with a lot of stuff that I see getting made right now is there's some things that's like, you, you should have had someone on set or behind you when yeah. you're writing that that should have said, no, that's not a good no, idea. Not, yeah. That's <laughs> you not, needed yeah. some oversight. There, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Anyway. So they, they picked this project that I, I had created called heaven under a table. And I got mm-hmm. the idea of my wife at the time she was a teacher. Okay. Um, I was helping out in her classroom and really I was complaining that I had to help out. So I laid down for a moment under this kid table yeah and all of a sudden i just had this idea of like this kid like imagining this whole big world and, and painting under this mm, thing and that's, that's awesome. that started this idea of uh the short called heaven under a table cool yeah um got approved and was getting this whole thing produced and i mean it, it got through the final stages of editing and, and production and effects yeah and then they stopped it and said hey BYU did hey could you make this like a show could you create a pitch like flesh this thing out into like a show is that something you could do yeah and i i mean sure man well yeah i could do that of course of course i could do that (laughs) no problem so i i I wrote up this whole pilot and kind of a outline of who would be in the series you know it was really a bible that's crazy show and Mm -hmm. they said let's do it jeez and so obviously just and this by this point like i just essentially graduated yeah and i thought well duh i have made it yeah (laughs) you're like i'm at the top i'm at the top like i just out of college like yeah this is where i should be um i mean it that is pretty crazy yeah you sold a show like that's a lot to do oh yeah no it was i was finally living the dream because i mean i i had done plenty of pa work whether on student films or i i I mean for a while i did work in the summers for this uh infomercial company nice. where it's literally like the stuff you see on tv of like someone like oh man they can't do the most basic <laughs> yeah. thing yeah and then you know this amazing product comes in like it was it was all ridiculous yeah it was experience yeah um, totally so i i didn't mind um yeah so wrote this whole thing they're gonna make it yeah so excited we shot the pilot um towards the end of summer and I just had this feeling, even as we were doing, like, this is not going to go exactly how you want it to. Yeah. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, it didn't. Like, there was there was uh, another writer brought on. And looking back, I mean, you're talking about a 20-something who just graduated college. Yeah. And saying, all right, let's write this thing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I gave everything I had into it. And I think at the end of the day, ultimately, they just wanted a little bit different direction than I wanted to go with. I it. see. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, so what ended up having to that project? So, I mean, it, it's still, you know, I kept 
Granite Flats went for three seasons, but even yeah. out the gate, essentially of, of season one, it immediately the the storyline went in a different direction. Okay. So, okay. I mean, if you want, I can tell you a little bit of what I. I'd love to. to yeah. Now, so in the the original, uh, the current version that you can find on you know BYU TV. Yeah. The there's this this satellite that falls from space. Oh, okay. And it causes this this tiny like puncture there on the Air Force Base that's on the, in this town. Yeah. And it, it explodes, and this this one um, man is blamed, and his kid is kind of the same age as the the main kid Arthur. Yeah. And he's kind of you know this other kid's the bully. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole thing kind of ends up being about like finding this satellite and it's this Russian satellite and it's, it's a little bit more of like this cold war conspiracy mm-hmm. kind of situation. Yeah. Um, whereas what, and it, it ended up becoming as the, the series continued on a little bit more. I don't know. There, there was moments that felt, um, Oh, I, I wrote an email to one of the executives and I, <laughs> I regret it, but this is the, in my own words, I essentially called it like, this is like Scooby-Doo. Oh, okay. And for me, like I wanted something that was a little more serious, like heartfelt and like drama series. Yeah. Of. And there was that, there yeah. was that in the show. Cause yeah. I don't, I don't knock any, this is not to call out a single person cause everyone yeah. put their best into it. And yeah. I loved all those, those actors and the people involved and all yeah. the crew, like love those people still yeah. keep in touch with a lot of them. Um, but I wanted something that was trying to talk about this boy that's trying to connect with his father who's still feeling like he might be out there because he never came back from that test flight. Like he's, yeah, he knows I it's see. not true. Yeah. Um, but also eventually this, this satellite that does crash down, it's not a cold war conspiracy. It's one of those things where this, this Arthur finds it and realizes like the town is in danger because of damage it causes to like the dam and the oh, town, okay. like, like no one will believe him kind of thing oh, and he's trying okay. he's trying to help people i see um and the way it was going to end in that first season anyways is is his buddy who's still in this current version his buddy yeah. timmy who's kind of like he's kind of like the humor uh foil in the show like yeah just goofy nerdy but he's, uh-huh. he's like he's so earnest like there's no way you can't love this kid uh-huh. um and he was so well played so well played and uh charlie loved yeah. this kid uh he's not a kid anymore but <laughs> Uh, in, in my version, like he was, he was going to die. He was going to have oh, this thing wow. where he like went out to like prove himself and his dad's the yeah. sheriff of the town and like show him that like he can be responsible and he's going to find this thing and help uh-huh. Arthur yeah. and ends up in the process, like drowning. Wow. And okay. so I was going to like be dealing with that and how like the dad then in season two, yeah. like I didn't protect my own kid. I'm supposed to protect this town. Yeah. And so it just, it went a different direction. Yeah. That, that was really that's hard. hard. Oh, it was so hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like hard. that's the way it, the industry is. It just, just can get annoying. Things just change direction. Like, oh, yeah. Even like sometimes midway through shooting or like definitely midway through writing, people take different directions. What kind of got you over that like <sighs> struggle of changing the script entirely, pretty much? <laughs> I still, I still remember my dad. Um, it was a good moment for us, actually. My dad yeah. came over. I mean, like as soon as he found out, he was so mad. I was actually worried he might try to like truly confront one of these people. Yeah, go to one and, of these. I want to harm, hurt him. Just be like, you screwed up my kid's <laughs> life, or you know yeah. what I mean. Like, uh-huh. and I kind of liked that for a moment. Not, I didn't want anyone to get hurt, of course. Yeah, but it showed me like my dad cared that much he was he almost yeah. seemed more upset than i did yeah sometimes. he was more invested yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and it just it killed and it kind of like it took me out of 
a space to mentally want to create for a little bit. And yeah. then I just, I, you had to keep going. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like everyone kind of has that moment where they're like kind of shot down and you're like, oh, I don't even, I never want to touch it again. Yeah. And then if it's a true passion, you're just like, Oh, I can't not do it. Yeah. It's going to make me upset if I don't do it. Yeah. So how long were you with, did you do Granite Flats for help? And what was your, what was your title on Granite Flats? So because of the way that credits work out in creating a series and the first person to write the pilot, um, and the initial draft and the way credits are distributed through the WGA, mm-hmm. I'm, it's still there on IMDb. I'm the series creator. Yes. But, you know, beyond that, I, the first pilot and part of what three, uh-huh. uh, the third episode, there's nothing else that I physically Touched. wrote. So I was, I was part of writers meetings in season two. Okay. And then by season three, I was just like, I'd remove myself. And Granite Flats is on season. Oh, that was it. They went season three. Season three was done. Okay. That was it. That was cool. it. So okay. they went three. And then I think, I, I don't know. I'm not part of those, was not a part of those conversations. Yeah. I think the network, they just, they weren't sure what to do like with what, it. Cause part yeah. of the problem, you know, you have a nonprofit network. Yeah. You don't have the same metrics of like, well, what is the success? What are the, ra- yeah. what, what is like, they don't have ratings. Yeah. It's like kind of that ambiguous, like, is this do we keep good this for show? people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, how, how do you measure that? Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. So, so they just kind of cut it. And after, after you were done with Granite Flats, you stayed at BYU Studios or how long were you there? So I was, you know, in the way that most shows work, like you're never actually an employee of the studio. Yeah. You're contracted kind of out essentially. Um, so after Granite Flats, I mean, I kind of lingered for a little bit of like, yeah. what, what am I going to do? And yeah. I'm taking through, I mean, honestly, my sister-in-law, uh, kind of set me up with a job at the company that her, uh, dad, was in charge of at the time. Cause cool. it just, I didn't have any other thing coming in at that time. I mean, like my wife and I were just like, we're scraping by. Yeah. And that was one of the things that killed about some of the, the granite flat stuff that occurred is that it's, it's very much feast or famine in the creative field. And yes, so it's like course. what we thought was about to come in yeah. through the show. And all yeah. of a sudden it's like, there's there's many zeros behind that it's number all that all of a sudden away. are now all zeros. Yes, yes, yes. So I, yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah, did so you kind of got was it still a job in the kind of creative industry that you got out of BYU Studios or was that no? So the, my, the next to keep going. It was honestly at that time we just needed to pay rent. Yeah, and so I was like, whatever it needs to be. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I pitched some things and threw some contacts through Granite Flats. Some really good friend. Her name was Beth Howard. She's uh-huh. since passed, but yeah, she tried to help me out with things and it just, nothing ever worked out. Uh-huh. Um, so I ended up getting this job at a software company called fishbowl. Okay. And initially in my mind, it's like, this is temporary. Like this is, yeah, you know, we're getting into marketing now. And if you're in marketing, obviously you don't have a soul. <laughs> exactly. Um, true. So I want to keep my, my sanity and my soul. Yeah. Um, but then it turned out, it's like, okay, I'm actually good at writing copy for this. Yeah. And then as soon as they realized like, oh, wait, you've done video? Like they didn't, mm-hmm. I don't they think they realized, like the I just kind of got like picked up and plunked down and they're like, who's this? And I'm like, hi. And they're like, all right, whatever. And they left yeah. me alone for a bit. Uh-huh. And then they realized I did video and they're like, oh, well, let's, let's do some video. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Um, and they had like, they had a YouTube channel, but it was pretty hit and miss. Um, and so I got to be a part of that and helping grow that. We 
we made these silly initially just in my mind, it was just silly videos called yeah. whiteboard Wednesdays, uh-huh. just explaining kind of boring business stuff. I mean, it's yeah. inventory software. Yeah. Like, put so me to can't s- be put very, me to sleep. Yeah. Right. Um, but so you had to make it interesting, yes, which I'm sure was hard as best as we could <laughs> and try to just try to bring some, some personality. Cause that was yeah. something that was lacking. And, and now looking back years later, it's still lacking in a lot of businesses, especially like mm-hmm. a B2B business yeah. where they're sometimes so formal and so uptight. And it's like, you're still selling to human beings. Yeah. Like you still have At the end to of the talk day, to a business, person. Business is still yeah. person to person pretty much. Yeah. It's like, I know the the robots are going to take over here in the next <laughs> hundred years, but yes. like they're, we're not there yet. So we still have to talk to people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that, that's what kind of all of a sudden I totally shifted and focused on marketing for yeah. a while. Yeah. And then, and was it during that time that, Happy Hazel came into into play, or when did you yeah. kind of get? So I, I mean, I was at this this company Fishbowl for a few years, and and kind of moving up, and then about the time that I was made creative director, um, Radiant Studios out in Salt Lake contacted yeah. me and said, "Hey, we're trying to like initially I, going back even a little bit, and this this is more so that people can understand like." You don't know what will be the thing that all of a sudden gets something made. Yeah. Um, one of the the guys, uh, Scott Swafford, who had been at BYU TV, now moved over to Radiant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he reached out and was like, hey, we're going to try to do like some radio style broadcast, like old fashioned, but like maybe a podcast. Like they were still experimenting. Okay. And so I wrote some stuff for them um, that was kind of like some sci-fi kind of stuff because they were just they were trying kind to see what around. could work. Yeah. yeah. And it was cool for me because it was the first time I'd ever done anything. It was more like literally think of like an old radio play, like yeah. you gather around and listen to this thing. Yeah. Um, that didn't get made. That's fine. But then they reached out again. They're like, Hey, you know what? We're actually now going to see if we can do maybe, maybe like a YouTube series, like pitch, pitch us some ideas on that. Like just we'll pay you to create a few ideas, pitch them to us. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I mean, it was a random assortment of ideas. And one of them was called, um, strangers with benefits. Okay. And so they really liked this idea. And it was initially about this, like pretty much a celebrity who's like so lonely. She just goes around through drive throughs <laughs> and tries to pick up guys. Oh, okay. Um, and if you watch happy Hazel now, that's there definitely is, still that in there. In so yeah. there's still an element of that, you know, and they came back and they're like, okay, we like this idea. We don't like the name of the title. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, that's, like, that's fine. I don't, that's fine. Not married we, to the yeah. So again, you know, there's limitations, but it's like, that's, yeah. that's, that doesn't matter. That thing yeah. didn't matter. Um, and it slowly, like this was initially going to be like these quick little five minute episodes and all of a sudden it kind mm-hmm. of, it grew and towards this, you know, this episodic sh- kind of short form TV show, yeah. um, to what it is now of happy Hazel. And that was, that was a lot of fun. And your credit on that is creator, correct? Yeah. I, Series uh, creator, writer, writer, writer. Sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I loved. I loved Happy Hazel so much. Were you on on set that yeah. whole time as well? Yep. That's awesome. That that was yeah. a, a very run and gun situation. Yeah. Um, as far as like just we got so much in on any given day. I mean, we yeah. filmed the total five days. Uh-huh. I mean, it was cramming that, it in you there. You filmed five days for the whole season. Total. I mean, you, you watch that and it's, it was so fast. That's a lot of it filming lot. to do. I mean, if you can get it done that quick, props to you, but yeah. that's a lot. It, yeah. it helps that, you know, a lot of it is like, there's still quite a bit that's, you know, just one or two, um, actors on at a time. Yeah. Um, limited locations as best we could, but yeah. still it was, 
It was rough. Uh, rough. Yeah, I bet. I bet. And um, I know it didn't have a season two. And there were talks. I'm assuming. So we, man, COVID hit and it killed everyone, including yeah. us. Yeah. We already started uh, the ideas for season two and okay. development of that. And then COVID kind of hit and it's like, all right, well, how could we do like, we'll do a season 1.5, like just something much more, sh- much shorter, more condensed. Yeah. Um, so we, we wrote that up and that actually got shot. Even. Oh, really? And then it just like, Oh, that sucks. <laughs> all of a sudden there's this kind of like, you know, studio change of like, let's, let's expand. Yeah. I think. Uh-huh. Um, and it kind of just, I think it just died. Kind of like dies we, in we, the we're archives. Gonna move, we're going to move away from that. So I saw like gotcha. a few roughly edited clips of yeah. the first episode and I'm like, yes. And then it went nowhere and I was yeah. like, oh. And do you still do stuff with Radiant at all or is it, are they? F- um, yeah, I mean, we, so I continued to work on another much larger project and then that was like, all right, well, I think we're going to, we're going to hold off on this for uh-huh. now. Yeah. Um, and that's, man, that is far more common than yeah. I think people realize. It's, like for every yeah. win that you're able to see, you know, cause it's, whether it's, on screen or small screen, whatever it is, it's like there's so many more that yeah. just die mm-hmm. on a shelf. Yeah, I feel vine. I feel like for every hundred scripts that get written, one gets chosen and yeah. maybe gets and then aired of those of those it. ten, one of them makes it to the season, and yes. you know those ten, it's like one of them has multiple seasons. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just such a big industry and a cutthroat industry, so it's it's hard to get anything that you're really, really passionate about. So you really have to just kind of stay passionate about everything. And that can yeah. get really rough. I mean, so there, there's a whole uh, segment, even this is even before happy Hazel, where I, I, for years I did some ghost writing. Okay. And that's in its own ways. I mean, it has its pluses and it's, it's big minuses. Yeah. Um, you know, the biggest minus being like, you can't, you can't really talk to people about like, I'm doing this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than like in this situation of being way ambiguous. So yeah. people are like, I don't believe that. What did he do? Um, <laughs> you know, like you'll, you'll work on something and you're like, oh, I just, I want my name on it though. Yeah. But you've, you've signed an agreement essentially saying, Nope, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. You. Yeah. yeah. Um, that part hurts. Um, but you're getting paid. So that kind of you use that to, Eases you know, your mind. Yeah. The, the, put on the cuts and yeah, kind of make exactly. stop eating. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, um, in this kind of day and age of TikTok and Instagram and all that stuff that kind of, I don't know that, that happy Hazel kind of series or series like it can exist in that sort of like short form sense. Um, you know, it's funny. I was actually, I was sitting down with one of my younger kids. I was just a couple of days ago. And like, going through happy hazel just i don't know it's like they'd never seen it I don't, yeah they, they didn't understand what was going on but part uh-huh. of it was just like i want to watch this again for a moment and they need to calm down yeah um so <laughs> it worked out and i realized like man if you're to do more now it's like i i'm not covering anything in tiktok or you know barely instagram yeah snap it's it's like it progresses so quickly yeah um i have my oldest is 15 and I realized there's things it's like, it's hard to keep up with. Yeah. And not in the sense of like old man on the lawn going, you know, you damn kids. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but my, my daughter's on snap all the time. Yeah. And it was at first I didn't want her to be. And I'm like, 
just text them and they're like, yeah. no, nobody texts weird. dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, really? That fat, this is happening. Yeah. Like, like that's five stupid. years ago. Text message. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, I, you have to think of who the audience is, what the platform is like, find where your audience lives. Yeah, totally. Right. Like I'm not, if I'm trying to make a cool hit film for, you know, 12 year olds where it's like, Oh, they get it. I don't think it's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh-uh. it's like you have to really you have to ingest whatever it is they're watching so even if you don't like it there's so much my my uh 11 year old he loves some really stupid minecraft <laughs> content creators yeah. and nothing against minecraft we play that together all the time but yeah. it's like how can you watch this and yeah. i have to stop and like think okay what is he getting out of this he's enjoying something and yeah has nothing to do with like, oh, he's got great pacing. He's really building his character development. It has uh-uh. nothing to do with that. Uh-uh. So it's like you kind of have to like shift your mindset of, you know, trying to fit into your box and yeah. think, okay, what what is it that it's it's getting some part of their brain? Yeah. If you're trying to go for, you know, that portion. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, for the f- future, do you kind of, do you want us write more what's what's kind of your your plan there definitely so i still like there's there's still freelance projects that i'll work on yeah and this 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 is speaking kind of the way freelancing goes oh yeah and this is this even speaking to like broadening your horizons and not getting hung up on like well you can't do this you can't do that Mm -hmm. uh you know one of the company i'm not going to say the company but i'm working with a type of construction um company and they need scripting done for a lot of their videos yeah I mean, there's there's always a need yeah, to uh-huh. fill. And if it's like, oh, I only do this, I only do that, and it's like, well, you're missing you're, out. You're missing out. And I don't I don't know that many people that are to a point where they can say, Oh, I only do yeah this. And if yeah. you are awesome. Yeah. Like you're you get to Probably do a how very you successful do it. screenwriter if you're doing I only yeah. do that. But and even but even the ones that I know of that, you know, they've they have credits and stuff. It's like yeah. nothing is as it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as far as how everything works out, yeah. how you get paid sometimes, where there can be money made. Yeah. Um, it's smart to make sure that you have things going on in multiple places. I mean, it goes yeah. back to how I first started stuff with radio. It just, they're doing radio sh- plays. Yeah. You know, and in my mind initially, I'm like, what do I know about that? Yeah, totally. Well, why not jump yeah. in? And I feel like once you make that that contact at Radiant or anywhere else. Yeah. As soon as you have that in, you kind of have that in forever. Yeah. So if they need another script and they like Hazel, then great. Yeah. They'll come back to you. Um, but if you kind of shut yourself down to opportunities because you don't think that's to your level, yeah. then if you have, you got to get rid of the ego in this industry. Big time. A hundred percent. Cause there's plenty of, there's plenty of other people that bring that ego. Yeah. And, I don't care who you are. People hate working with someone like that. Yeah. It's, I, it's like, I've, I've been working enough places now. It's like, I will always take, almost always take the person <laughs> that is easy to work with. That is kind. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you want to like collaborate with yeah. over the person that's like, they might be pretty good. Phenomenal. But, but if they're a complete jerk, like yeah. I, it's just not worth the hassle. Yeah. And sometimes. that, and, and honestly that like stuff, better stuff comes out of, being collaborative. So when you don't want to work with other people, the work can like show that pretty easily. Oh yeah. Um, this industry is really hard. If you were to give advice on to anyone on how to get to a point of that you're at or 
just yeah like what would your advice be to literally anybody that wants to be in like your position or writing shows creating shows stuff like that so i use my past self as an example when i first showed up at byu um the first semester you got to take a couple intro classes before you can even apply to the major Mm -hmm. then you apply to the major there's some other stuff um they had this whole interview process with all of the faculty when they kind of got down to the, you know, who's who and who's going to make it. Yeah. Um, and the, the head faculty at the time, Sharon Swenson, I think she's since retired. Yeah. Um, I had put in my application, like, if you guys don't pick me, I don't care. Cause I'm, I'll go do it somewhere else. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. <There laughs> I, I just thought like, I'm, you know, I was, I was probably a little too bold for my own good. Yeah. And she pointed out, she's like, what does this mean? I'm like, well, I know that this is what I'm going to do. So I would like to do it here, but I'm not going to make it happen. I'm not sticking around here generally in the school to go do accounting, Yeah, which would fail anyways, because I can't (laughs) add. Um, And for some reason, even after hearing that, they're like, okay, great. And I'm cool. Yeah. Made it. Um, But that kind of a little bit of an ego about like, this is all I'm going to do. Also, it took me a while to kind of get that knocked off because it limits you. It's what you just said. And so if I could talk to people now, they're considering the the whole, there's a wide area is like, keep that in mind is there is a massive potential across so many venues. Now Mm -hmm. you don't have to pick one. Yeah. I mean, to, to limit yourself and say, I'm only doing stuff on TikTok or I'm only doing serious film or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you're crazy. It's yeah. called, you know, you want to be multi-channel for a reason. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. businesses, they'll talk about multi-channel. They're yeah. not even talking media. It's like, you need to be able to pursue many avenues Yeah, because you have no idea what you don't know. Yeah, t- totally. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, like, I especially feel like people did it with YouTube back in the day, like we were talking about where they kind of wrote it off. And obviously the people that stuck with YouTube, it paid off. And I feel like that shift is happening again with TikTok because people are kind of writing it off. But I've also seen people that are doing like full blown TikTok series where it's like nine by 16. You're like, am I really supposed to be watching this this way when I should be watching it this way? (laughs) But it's just like, it, the world does change. And if you, yeah, I love that. If you limit yourself, like you're never, I mean, it just, it probably isn't going to work out because well, there's, you need there's those open. Two behind, I think all these pursuits and it, I don't think it's spoken about maybe as frankly as the conversation should be sometimes is let's be honest. Part of the pursuit is this idea of how much money can be made. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, if you make it as a creator or you get these sponsored deals, yeah. I mean, you even, you just watch some of the creators in their houses and you're thinking, oh my yeah. gosh, they've got it made. Everybody you, looks up the like, how many does, how many views is five, how many, how much money is 5,000 views worth? Yes. Or, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like how many do I need to get to make a million dollars? Yeah. And it's like, good luck with that formula. Google slash YouTube changes their algorithm constantly yeah. and you can constantly watch creators try to scramble to fit that. Uh-huh. So if you only live in the YouTube space, all it takes is another, you know, Admageddon like they had a few years yeah. ago. And it's like, you're scratching your head trying to figure out yeah. how to like pay your bills. Totally. Um, and so there's, I mean, even, even within film, I think even in my own mind for a while, I mean, I'll use Granite Flats as an example. So because of uh, being for a nonprofit show, there wasn't residual necessarily mm-hmm. like you would have oh, in like a, a network show. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so there's a different agreement that's written out and what you get paid for. So it's actually, you make more 
on that um, draft or whatever your involvement was. Okay. But you make more up front. Interesting. But then you're not going to see residuals. You see residuals. Interesting. I didn't know so that. So that, that script is going to, I mean, I know that number's gone up since, but it's like, that's like $30,000 yeah. for an episode. Wow. And so you're that's like, crazy. oh my gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. And fresh out of college 10 years ago, 30 grand. Oh my gosh. Like I made it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, then if you only write one or two episodes in a year, that's that's really not that that's much. Sixty k and like there, you can write. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, a that's lot. not that you. Can, you're you not buying kids, a house have, around yeah, here. Uh, you're not buying on a house. That. Yeah, no. Um, and so you have to you have to keep that perspective. And if you're only doing it, and I've I heard this all the time, but it's like I'm going to add my voice into that. If it's just about the money, where it's like oh, I'm going to get rich, there's better ways. Yeah, I, I mean, start an MLM. I don't know. Yeah. Like it just. <laughs> There's so many other. If all you're think- a tech bro, yeah. like if I all you're thinking about is money, film and like being a creator, it probably isn't the way because no. it will take a long time. It's gonna burn you yeah. out. Uh-huh. It's gonna burn you out. Yeah, and you really do have to. I mean, we touched on it briefly, but you, if you want to be like a big Hollywood director, you have to put in years as like a PA, which you make a hundred two fifty a day, and yeah. so you're like you're grinding, but. If you do stick it out, sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. What's funny though, I mean, you, some of the the biggest names that I can think of when it comes to even directors, whether it's let's say, I mean, Fincher has said it, even James Cameron has said, is like, start making something. Yeah, like the stuff that in my phone in my pocket, like, yeah, it is so much better than anything I had available mm-hmm. in school. Yeah, and yet I'm just as guilty of like I haven't made a movie with even just my kids in years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so it's right there. And there's someone that will want to watch that if that's what you want to make. Yeah, exactly. If there's like, I feel like I saw this quote somewhere where it's like, if there's enough passion in a project, like the people will come to watch it because they can see that passion like shine through if you yeah. like in what you're making. Well, and all these, all these formats, I mean, YouTube, whatever, social media, they've torn down those barriers. I think of like what it can and can't look like, what it yeah. can sound like, what it all of those things. Totally. So you can't use the excuse of, well, it doesn't look yeah, like I don't have, this yeah. or I don't, I don't have, I don't have a Sony Venice. I can't shoot it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's, if you can understand the story and what you're trying to say yeah. and capture that emotion with people, they will follow you. Yeah. Story is King always. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for oh, coming yeah. on. If you have anything else to add or Zach, if you have any questions, that was great. Thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah, I was was awesome. Happy to help. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. And we're done.